Well, good morning. I hope you're doing okay. It's Easter weekend. I hope you're taking time to pray and to spend time with God and celebrate the life of Jesus Christ with his death and resurrection, right? The core, the core of our faith. And I was reading this morning and sometimes, you know, especially when there's times of crisis and things are disruptive and definitely our lives are being disrupted for sure. Um, we just want encouragement and we need that. We definitely want to be encouraging people during these challenging times. You definitely want to do that. But sometimes what God is saying and the truth of what he's trying to communicate, you know, is just not an easy thing to digest. And the truth is, you know, we need to change as Christians, as a nation, as Christians in this nation, we need to change for sure. And God is literally shaking our nation trying to get our attention so that we will change. And we have to remember, you know, the principles of the Bible, they are true forever. It's God's Word. And when we look in the Bible, sometimes it tells us things that aren't very comfortable, things we don't necessarily want to hear, especially when there's a crisis and when things are being disruptive. But the thing is, we need to take that time that God gives us instead of worrying about the crisis or what's going on necessarily. We need to take time and spend time with God and ask Him, hey, what is it that we need to change? What do I need to change? What do you need to change? What do we need to change as a nation? And we may not have the answers to all that, but we all, all of us individually, are held accountable to God. All of us are. No one escapes that accountability. doesn't matter who you are. And we all need to ask those questions very prayerfully and honestly before God you know, is there something I need to change? And sometimes, sometimes, because of all the chaos and all the things that are changing and the news cycle and all of the things, because things are being disrupted so much that we fail to stop, to stop and ask the Holy Spirit those questions. I'm just going to read a couple of verses. This is out of Jeremiah Chapter 44, you know, Jeremiah is not exactly the book you would open when you're, when you're going through a crisis necessarily because you want to be encouraged. And there is definitely encouraging words in Jeremiah. There is. But this part that I'm going to read isn't the most encouraging, but it is the truth. See, sometimes we need a dose of truth even when we're going through difficult things. Because if we don't deal, if there's things that we don't deal with, when we come out the other side, we're actually not going to be changed on the inside. Okay, this is Jeremiah chapter 44. I'm just going to read a few verses. This is verse 2. Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, You have seen all the evil that I brought upon Israel and upon the cities of Judah. Behold, this day they are a devastation, and no one dwells in them. Because of the wickedness which they committed, provoking me to anger, and that they went to burn incense and serve other gods that they knew not. Neither they, nor you, nor your fathers. Yet I persistently sent to you all my servants, the prophets, saying, Oh, do not do this abominable thing that I hate. But they did not listen or incline their ear to turn from their wickedness and burn no incense to other gods. And if you skip down just a, a few verses, about to verse 10, it says, They have not humbled themselves even to this day, nor have they feared, nor walked in my law and my statutes, which I set before you 
and before your fathers. Now, this is a very interesting chapter. It's very actually toward the end of Jeremiah and uh, unfortunately, in some ways, the end of his ministry um, when they're actually been taken to Egypt. But here's what I would say. Sometimes when people need encouragement, God actually gives them a dose of truth because that's what they need. That's what they need to hear to reform and to change. It's not very popular. You know, you think in the book of Jeremiah, it's not like the most popular book. It's a very lengthy book and there are encouraging words, but you think about the time in which Jeremiah prophesied, right? At the end of that time, they went into exile and he was warning them about that throughout the book and doing very difficult things, saying very difficult things because it was the truth of what they needed to hear because of what was coming if they did not reform and change and repent of their wickedness. Now I would submit to you, right now, God is shaking our nation. And there's many things that are changing because they have to change. There's many things we're changing because we don't have a choice. But you have to think about when things go back to normal, so to speak, when we go back, are we going to be changed on the inside? See, there's a difference in changing something because you have to and changing something because it's the right thing to do or because you want to. See, there's a big difference. There's a big difference. We may change things temporarily because we have to. But when those things are removed that are causing that change and we go back to our normal lives, are we going to be changed on the inside? Remember the verse that I read. They have not humbled themselves even to this day, nor have they feared. Nor have they feared. Nor walked in my law and my statutes which I set before you and before your fathers. What he's saying to them, really, really, for generations, God had been sending his prophets speaking to his people, and they had not listened. They had not humbled themselves. They had not feared God, and they had not obeyed his law. Let's be real honest. Let's be real truthful. We all want to be encouraged when we're going through difficult things, and we do need encouragement, and the Bible is full of encouraging words, but it's also full of the truth. And sometimes what we need is a dose of the truth. If God is shaking our nation, trying to get our attention, and honestly has our attention, but is that attention really directed toward him or is it directed toward other things? See, when God shakes things, what he's trying to do is get us to change, to reform. And that reformation is in our hearts first. It's in our hearts we may reform things that we do and actions that we take, but that reform needs to occur in our hearts. See, during the time of Jeremiah, one of the kings that lived during the time when he prophesied, he prophesied a long time, was King Josiah. Now, King Josiah, if you go back and read in Kings, he was a major reforming king. He did all kinds of reformation because of the idolatry in the land. He did everything he could to get rid of it. 
But you see, if you keep reading, after the king died, a lot of that re reform was erased because the people's hearts hadn't changed. And that's something we need to contemplate when we come out of what we're dealing with, the, with the virus and other things that it's caused. And you can even look back at, at other crises back in recent years, things that have happened. After it's over, what happens? Well, honestly, a lot of people go back to the way that it already was, the way it was before, and their hearts are not changed. That's what happened during the time of Jeremiah, a major reformation occurred during his lifetime. Major reformation with King Josiah. But it ultimately failed because it didn't stick. Things didn't stay that way. The people went back to their idolatry, their idol worship. Which is honestly crazy when you think about it, but that's what happened. See, we can have leaders sometimes who encourage and actually implement very good things and very good changes because they're things that need to change. But sometimes it's a forced change, so things only change temporarily. It isn't permanent, and that's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. So we need to ask ourselves this question. If God is shaking us, if he's changing things, if there's forced change, we need to pay attention and ask him, what do you want me to change? Personally, what do you want me to change? What do you need to change in my heart? Because I don't want to come out the other side of this and not be different and not be changed. And I'll submit to you just very honestly, by and large, you know, churches and other organizations are having to do things different, having to do things online or whatnot. But by and large, we're still doing the same things as we were before. And I would submit to you, on the other side of that, there's this probability that we may continue to do the same things because our hearts are not changed. Remember the verse. They have not humbled themselves even to this day, nor have they feared nor walked in my law and my statutes. So my question for you today, if God is trying to get our attention, and clearly he is, if he's trying to get our attention and shake things up, there's going to be a force change, right? But honestly, what needs to change in our hearts? Because what's in our hearts affects our actions and what we do, right? When we get on the other side of this crisis, and we will, we will. It's temporary. When we get on the other side, is there going to be anything different? I mean permanently different. Are we going to really change on the inside in our hearts? Are we really going to fall down before Almighty God and worship Him and give everything to Him? Are we going to burn our idols of media, right? Major idol in America and in the world. Are we going to burn those idols? And I don't mean never using your phone or anything like that. What I mean is putting it in front of God Almighty. Anything we put in the place of or in front of Jesus Christ, God Almighty, Holy Father, 
That is an idol. So I ask the question. When we get to the other side of what we're going through, are we going to be different? Are we going to change? Or are we just going to go back to everything like it was before? Are we going to you know, hug those idols like we did before? Are we really going to change? You know, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think we're changing. I think we're going through, you know, a force change. Some things have to change because we have to do things different. But I think it's temporary. Now, I don't think it has to be that way. That's just my assessment of how things are today. That could change and God can change things. Listen, God can change people's hearts. He can change your heart and he can change my heart. But I really believe we need to change internally at a foundational level to have a real commitment to Jesus Christ. When I read in the Bible, and I read, and I mention this often, read the book of Daniel. I think the book of Daniel is so important for this generation. Now, you want to read all the Bible, obviously, but that book contains some great lessons. See, they were taken from their land. Those Jewish boys, they were taken from their land. Forced change. They, they had to change. They didn't have a choice. But they held to their God, right? In the midst of enormous pressure, they held to their God and did what was right, even with the threat of death. See, they went through crisis after crisis after crisis, and they continued to serve God. They continued to put him first. And it created a lot of conflict, right? Because they were in a pagan land, a lot of conflict. Listen, if you're going to choose to do what's right and do things God's way, there's going to be conflict. The Bible and the Christian faith is totally against the direction of the culture, right? They're in opposite directions. So if you're going to live the right way, God's way, it's going to create some conflict. Now you want peace, but you don't want peace at any cost. You don't want it to cost this beautiful book, God's Word. You don't want it to cost your beliefs. You don't want to compromise on what you know to be true and what you know to be right. See, that's not real peace, that's actually very destructive. It's very destructive. When we placate and give in to the culture, listen to me very carefully. This is a really, really important time in the life of the Christian, in the life of the church, in the life of our nation. A very critical time. And we get to choose. You don't necessarily get to choose what happens, you know, in Washington, D.C., in different Places where major decisions are making. You may not be there, but you're wherever you live. And there's things happening in your life. There's decisions you're making that affect you and your family. So it does matter. Listen, often God does not use the greatest and the best to bring about great reformation and change. Jeremiah really was born in a priestly family, which really, you know, he had to leave and rejected him. He wasn't a king, you know, he wasn't royalty. He was a prophet of God. They didn't listen to him. Listen, 
God doesn't always use the best and the brightest. It's great to be the best and the brightest, but he doesn't always use that. Not because he can't. I mean, you have the Apostle Paul. Not because he can. He can. It's because there's a lot of stuff mixed around and there's idols that are around those kinds of things and those kinds of people. Sometimes, not always, sometimes. And what I mean by that, it's like when you have wealth and you have status, you have access to all these things that aren't necessarily beneficial or aren't necessarily godly. And actually, there's a lot of idols sometimes associated with that. Now, we get to choose... You know, we get to choose. So sometimes God has to use a Jeremiah. He has to use somebody else who will tell the truth no matter what. And that's what Jeremiah did, a very difficult truth. We really need to wake up. And you know, when God's shaking the nation, that's a good time for you to be awakened to the truth of God and to realize what we're doing isn't working. It's not working. We really need some foundational change. And don't mistake what I just said about wealth and status. God used Abraham, great wealth. God uses all kinds of people that have wealth and status. I'm just pointing out, just pointing out, sometimes he doesn't use those people because he can't. He can't use those people to produce real change because of what's attached to them. That's all I'm saying. You know, Jeremiah, you know, while... In his early life, certainly he was of a priestly family. He essentially had to leave that to speak God's word, what God was saying. Very difficult word. Sometimes we can't see what God's saying and what God's doing because we're focused on the wrong thing. We're focused on the wrong thing. God has a really, really difficult word to tell us about what's going on in our nation today. It's really obvious. It's, it's not rocket science. It's really obvious. But apparently there are things we're not willing to change. We're not willing to give up our idols. We think, just like in the Bible, just like the Israelites, think they can worship their idols and worship God. No, you can't do that. That doesn't work. If you, if you believe, somehow, we wouldn't admit it, really believe that, that you can do that, Read your Bible of what it says about the Israelites. You can't do that. That doesn't work. It doesn't work. So I encourage you today. We're on the precipice of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. What we celebrate every year. The the pinnacle of our faith. And we absolutely do celebrate that. But I would encourage you, friend. God has taken us in this season of time in our nation through a major change. Don't miss it. Don't miss what he's trying to do in your life. Because I promise you, I promise you, collectively, as a nation, we need to change. Our organizations need to change. Now, that's a process, and God will lead us through that, but we have to be pliable. And in general, we're not willing to change. We're not willing to listen. We're not willing to try new things. We're not willing to do that. We just want to get through this so things can go back to normal, you know, and everybody, we just do what we normally do. Come in on Sunday morning, we just do what we normally do. We just want to get back to that. What I would submit to you is that's really not what God wants. 
I don't think that's what he's trying to say. Oh, just go back and do what you're doing before. That's not why God shakes a nation. That's not why God tries to get our attention so we can just go back and do the same things. Absolutely not. He's shaking the nation and he's also warning us. Listen, <laughs> you think everything's going to be hunky-dory? Not necessarily. So we definitely are encouraged that God is in control, but we also want to accept the truth of what he's trying to tell us. We have a lot of idols. <laughs> we really do. When we're honest, we have a lot of idols. A lot of things we put in front of God. And I'm telling you, we can either deal with it now or we can deal with it later. It's our choice. You can deal with it now or you can deal with it later, but you're going to deal with it. God is forcing us to deal with some of that idolatry. He's forcing us to do that. And it's a process and it takes time. So I pray, friend. I pray you are encouraged this weekend because there is nothing better than celebrating the foundation of our faith and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So be encouraged for God has come into the world and he has saved you. But he has not saved you so that you can stay the same. He has something better for you and me. He has something better for this nation if we will just open our spiritual ears and hear him that we need to fall down on our face and repent of our idolatry. Be encouraged, friend. God is in control, but he is righteous and he is just and he is coming after this nation for its restoration. I pray right now that you're encouraged, but that you're also challenged. Whatever the Holy Spirit is talking to you about, and if you're not talking to him, you need to get on your knees and talk to him right now. What do you need to change in my life? What do you need to change? And in obedience, being pliable to the Holy Spirit, let us respond, Lord God, and let us change individually so that we can change corporately. So that our nation can turn back to you without all its idols. I pray this, Lord God, that you would protect this nation and you would end this plague in the name of Jesus Christ. But as you end it, God, please let us come to you and let us be changed and reformed, fully committed to you. I pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.